Next on BYU Sports Nation, how to define improvement on Saturday for BYU football. Hashtag Starkville success. Dennis Pitta, my BFF, and what he wants to see Saturday and what defensive end Sione Takitaki thinks BYU can do against the Bulldogs. Plus seventh-ranked BYU women's volleyball back home tonight on BYU TV, one of the best in the land. Libero Mary Lake joins us on game day. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, we're live. BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 12th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Yankees hater Jerem Jordan. Hate the Yankees. You don't hate the Yankees? No. You're not a true Mariners fan, then. I don't hate anybody because no one's. We're not a threat to anybody. Is that how you feel about BYU football? No, I'm. I work for BYU. <laughs> invested financially, emotionally, physically. Joking. Spiritually. Joking, of course. Really, as a Mariners fan, you no, I'm not. Kidding. Don't hate the Yankees. No, the Mariners haven't lost something significant to them. In fact, the, the greatest moment in Mariners history came against the Yankees in 95. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. I feel bad for you. I wish you did hate the Yankees because that means that the Mariners were more competitive, right? That's what I was just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, now I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I, yeah. I feel pity for you. Wow, strong emotion for a meaningless thing. (laughs) The Yankees advancing on in playoff baseball. I had this debate in my head last night. If I were given the option to watch an elimination playoff baseball game or, let's say, the biggest game of the night in college football, which would I choose? Hmm. And I kept going back to college football. Yeah, Listen, playoff baseball is still very fun to watch. Yes. Like I'm the best baseball is relevant, compelling postseason baseball, right? Like last night, game five, Yankees, Indians. Tonight, game five, Cubs, Nationals. This is good this is good TV. Like I put it in my calendar. Cubs, Nationals. Like that's the thing I'm doing tonight. But matched up against I still have to talk to my wife about it. Matched up against <laughs> the spotlight college football game. If you had to choose one, which are you watching? College football game. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Yeah. I just I like watching football more than I wa- like watching baseball. You enjoy, yeah. I like watching postseason baseball. Yeah, and, like, and it's I an just, elimination game. Listen, and the whole amount of time thing, like, oh, baseball just takes too long. It has nothing to do with time, because college football and the NFL take longer than baseball. But playoff baseball is like four hours. I went to Game Two, Dodgers Diamondbacks, on Saturday. It was like four hours. It could have been seven hours. It didn't matter. It was awesome. In person, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. It was, well, I had less uh, context and one angle. It's actually a worse viewing experience, but the energy of the place is where it's incredible. you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I think we have an early poll question. Also, picking on AJ Pollock of the Diamondbacks in center field, that's also a unique <laughs> experience that me and everyone else had in the right field bleachers. What are you choosing? Playoff baseball, elimination game, or a primetime regular season college football? I choose a win versus Mississippi State. Ah, yes. And that is the perfect way to bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
BYU football on the final day of Provo preparation for Saturday morning's game at Mississippi State. Bulldogs head coach Dan Mullen, weary of a desperate 1-5 BYU team. This team kind of a little bit of their back against the wall. Have, have been in some t- tight games, close games, struggled a little bit, but uh, they play great defense. Um, got some veteran guys over there, big physical guys on defense, do a great job stopping the run, um, you know, forcing you to execute. Radio pregame coverage starts at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio and BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff airs live at 11 a.m. Seventh-ranked women's volleyball plays the 13-5 and Portland Pilots tonight. In Provo at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Libero Mary Lake joins us later in the program. Portland better than they have been, yet BYU owns the series, I believe, 11-1. to 1. So this is a match BYU should win, but Portland's better than they have been. Ball night for BYU women's soccer as well. Uh, at Pacific tonight, listen live at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app with Greg Rebell and Paige Hunt. BYU has won three of the last four. They've scored 11 goals over that span. And Kendra Daunt received medalist honors, taking first place at the E. Dean Ilandfold Invitational with a score four under par. BYU finished the tournament in third place. Nicely done, ladies. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Road improvement. Let's simplify this for the BYU football team. With today's Twitter question. Win or lose, how would you define improvement for BYU versus Mississippi State? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Jelly Belly Kelly, sustain drives and don't give up turnovers. If we do that, we should be able to get at least seven points. Has it come to that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I am shocked. Okay. This by is, that tweet a little bit. I know. And it was the first tweet we mentioned. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> use the hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, we started on a great note there. <laughs> yeah, and it set was the expectations super high. Yeah. Um, listen, to me, this is a tough matchup. BYU's really struggling. Let, let's take a step back. Let's go back to last season, okay? BYU beat this team, Mississippi State. It was 14-14 at the end of regulation. BYU won 28-21 in double OT. BYU had a guy named Taysom Hill. You may remember him. He was pretty good. Uh, Jamal Williams, the all-time leading rusher. BYU scored a total of 14 points in regulation. With those two guys, with an, an offense that we thought was still struggling. Now there's this offense, okay? Uh, BYU's a 24-point dog, according to Vegas right now. I think if BYU gets into the teens in points, that's probably a good result. Improvement? I don't know. Be competitive against, uh, like, a good Power 5 team? That's the thing. Like Not trail 16 nothing against Utah yeah. or 27 nothing against LSU or 40-6. to Against Wisconsin? Everybody like, has a different idea of what competitive is in this specific yes. game because BYU is a 24-point underdog. Improvement? Improvement would be like, I don't know, like into the 20s in points. Here's the thing. This Mississippi State team was giving up 371 a game last year before they played BYU. They're giving up 307 a game now. They're even better, okay? And Mississippi State has played three top 15 teams in a row. They beat LSU, and then they lost to who? Was it uh, Georgia and Auburn, okay? <laughs> they're hungry. They're coming off a bye week. This is a bad time to play Mississippi State, but especially the way the BYU offense is playing. I want to see improvement. I'm just, this is not the week for this. This is not the opponent and situation for this. BYU is going all the way to Mississippi. In fact, it's the most Western team since 03 to visit Starkville since Oregon. <sighs> Can we ask this question next week against East Carolina? Yes, yeah, so and we probably will in question. some way. We this probably will. 
This is a bad time, okay? This is a bad time. I have limited this to three things. And I've talked a lot about BYU winning the turnover battle and the time of possession. I don't think that BYU will do that against Mississippi State because they are lined up to grind out the clock and hold on to the ball for a long time, especially with a third down scrambling quarterback, guy that can can get the chains moving in Nick Fitzgerald. I think Taysom Hill sophomore year. Why would BYU, after playing Mountain West teams the last two weeks and not doing it, suddenly do it on the road? Against an SEC team. I, yeah, Why I would don't that see, happen? I just don't see the time of possession thing because it falls right into the wheelhouse of Mississippi State. Yeah. For me, the turnover battle is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to focus on what Mississippi State does or does not do. I just want BYU to have one turnover or less. On offense? Yes. Yeah. To me, that would define improvement. Ball security. Good one. Okay? One turnover or less. You're, hold, you're valuing that. Pigskin, man. So throw it less so you don't throw anything. Just whatever you have to do. Just keep the ball and don't s- surrender the ball. Don't, don't give them blatant turnovers. Number two, and I think this is kind of asking a lot because of what BYU has done and who they are playing. 300 yards of total offense. Averaging 254. I would love to see BYU put up 300 yards of total offense against a stout defense. And Mississippi State's only giving up an average of 307. I want BYU to be at least around the average that Mississippi State is surrendering. That'd be nice. 300 yards. That, that to me would show, okay, improvement. 300 yards of offense should yield you 13 to 17 points. You know what I mean? Yes. Barring a ridiculous amount of turnovers like Utah State. One turnover or less, 300 yards of total offense. And the third, be within 10 points when the fourth quarter starts. Is that, is that a bold prediction? What, what is that? Just what? to me, that would show competition. <laughs> they, BYU could still lose by 17 or 20, yeah. ultimately. But if the Cougars are within 10 going into the fourth quarter, to me, that shows improvement. That would be – dude, to be within 10 in the fourth quarter – I don't think you can ask for more than that. The way this offense is playing, who you're playing, where you're playing, when you're playing Saturday morning. Remember the last Saturday morning game for BYU? I don't want to think about it, Jeremy. It was Michigan, 2015. It was a bad day. It was a really bad day. Okay? Uh, hopefully BYU's more prepared this time for that. And that wasn't Kalani Sataki and his crew. That was the, the previous crew. And Bronco admitted, uh, yeah, we should have left Thursday. BYU is leaving Friday morning. Oh, man. Improvement. That is the word of the day. I, yeah, we need to see it. What it looks like, I don't know. Listen, you got to cross the 50 multiple times. You can't have an LSU situation. That's as bad as you can play on offense. Wisconsin, we had a drive or two where we saw something. It can't be a drive or two. It's going to be a bunch of drives. It's got to be a bunch of drives. You always got to score. I, I like what you said. I can't pin mine down as easy. I just want to be competitive. I don't know what that means. And to me, competitive is... Be within 10 points going into the fourth quarter, 300 yards of total offense, and just one turnover or less. In fact, I feel like if BYU is able to do those things, that then they will, they will feel good about what they've done coming back from Starkville. I don't know. It depends. Like, if you lose by 20, you're not like, yeah, we're feeling good. Hey, at least BYU covered in that situation, right? BYU <laughs> has been on the wrong side of the line every time this year. 24-point dogs. 
24 point dogs? Wow. Holy shnikes. We've come to that. We've come to the first tweet this, asking for at least seven points. <laughs> if BYU goes one and six, then it's you got to win six in a row. And, and BYU every, being a 24 point dog. And every week it's like, you got to win to get to a bowl game, probably. Oh, okay. Now, again, the emotion that we are all feeling right now is the very reason that we are that much more excited for basketball to start. Countdown to the Delta Devils. 30 days. 30, huh? One month. Well, well. One month away from a regular season game for BYU men's basketball. And two weeks away yesterday from the Cougar tip-off. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter, people. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Win or lose, how would you define improvement for BYU against Mississippi State? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At R. Scott Earl, 200 yards passing and no more than two turnovers. It's been a long time since BYU passed for 200 yards in a game. I think it was, was it Toledo last year? Yeah, he's kind of on the same page as me. I don't care how the the Cougars get the offense, just get 300 total. Coming up, our takeaways lucky. We asked defensive lineman Sione Takitaki. NFL Super Bowl champion, All-American tight end Dennis Pitta up next. How he would define improvement for BYU this week. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. I can't promise that it's positive when you use the hashtag BYUSN, but it is happening. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Countdown to kickoff is live from Starkville, Mississippi and Provo, Utah at 11 a.m. Eastern time coming up on Saturday morning. Uh, Get ready and get up with us. Win or lose, how would you define improvement for BYU against Mississippi State at Steel Team Riley? Last year, BYU scored 14 points against them at home in regulation. So 14 points on the road in regulation would be improvement. I, I agree with that idea. 14 points. BYU's averaging 11.7 points a game. So, yes, and that, and that's, that would be factual improvement. And that's with four home games out of the first six. Do we realize that BYU is basically going on the road for the last part of the se- next part of the season? Ugh. And do we feel like BYU football is closer to establishing an identity on offense? We have no evidence. If BYU's offense was in court, they would not be convicted of having an identity. Mm-hmm. They're still figuring it out. There's a reason you're one in five. There, there's a, there are several reasons, in fact. We need a third party to join this conversation, Jerem. And who better than Dennis Pitta on the BFF. Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Super Bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens standout tight end, BYU All-American. Dennis, please help us feel better about BYU's 1-5 start. Where does it get better, man? Well, you know, it's been, it's been a difficult road, you know, to this point of the season. But I think you guys need to look at each other and start taking accountability for what's going on because <laughs> – you know, you're pointing fingers at everybody else, but you're just as much part of it as anything. You guys talk about this BYU karma that you give off, and I haven't seen that thus far in the season. So start looking in the mirror, Jeremy and Spencer. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, hey, it's I, will, I will say this. 
We didn't have the opportunity to give out the BYU Sports Nation karma to any football players last week. We did give it to Corbin Kafusi before Utah State, and, he, he, and he balled out. He had a sack. So. <laughs> you need to go give it to the whole team is what you need. <laughs> we talked to Joe Critchlow this week, by the way. So maybe a preview of things to come in Starkville? If he plays, hopefully he plays well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't come in down hopefully, 24. Hopefully it won't come to that. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't have to play, but we'll see. Let's let's go back to your freshman year, okay? Uh, 2004, you're two and four, so just one game different after a loss to UNLV at home. I imagine that was tough at the time. You guys win the next three games. How did you turn it around? How did you keep the locker room? How did you keep keep the chemistry strong and turn that thing around? Well, when you look back at that year, I think it had some similarities to what we were seeing this year because we had an early tough part of the or early part of the season. And, uh, you know, we played the number one team in the country, USC, at home. We played a good Notre Dame team, which we actually beat at home the first game. Um, and I mentioned last week we played Boise State, which Boise State ended up being a top-ten team that year and, and barely lost on a field goal. So, you know, we were sitting at 2-4, and four, but we knew we were better than what we were sitting at. And Austin Colley and I, you know, we were just freshmen on that team at the time, but we always joke we had the best, most talented 5-6 and six team that year in the country because – you know, you look at that team, we had talent all over the board. You, t- you talk about Brady Papinga, Aaron Francisco, Austin Colley, Todd Watkins, John Beckett, quarterback, and just so many different players. A lot of us were young at the time, but uh, we had a lot of talent and, and ability. It just kind of the schedule didn't set up right, and, and uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, we found ourselves at 2-4, and four, and, a, and a big part of that, and what you kind of see this season as well, was quarterback issues. We had, you know, some injuries, and so John Beck got hurt early on in that season. Matt Berry came in and played. He got hurt. Jason Beck had to come in, I think, against the Stanford game. And, you know, just wasn't like we see as a third-string quarterback. You're just not ready for those moments. And so that was our struggle early on. And then we kind of got healthy again, got settled at the quarterback spot and, and went on a little bit of a run there, but still, you know, ended up, I think, five and six on the year. So there's some similarities there. But, uh, you know, we'll see what the, this team can do going forward. Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU staring down another difficult opponent in Mississippi State. Three and two, the Bulldogs have a stout defense. There's going to be plenty of cowbell there. What would define improvement for BYU against Mississippi State on Saturday morning? Is that, is that their thing, the cowbell? Yes. Is that yeah. what they do? Bruce yes. Dickinson. Yeah. Well, he's a heck of a guy. Um, so... <laughs> You look at this matchup, and what's the spread? I think it's up to 24 now. Up to 24. Something like that. I mean, here's the expectation. Beat the spread, in my opinion. You know, don't lose by 24 or more, and I think uh, think you'll be okay. But I think it's unrealistic to think that we're going to go in there and win this game, especially with all that we've gone through this season, the the controversy at quarterback. And going into the season, did we ever think there would be a – quarterback controversy on this team i mean no and in re- in reality there is you know we don't know that tanner's the guy he hasn't proven that thus far this season i know there's been health issues and all that but even when he's been healthy and even last game he was mobile enough to do what he needed to do it just didn't it didn't work and it didn't look like it needed to look and so you do have quarterback controversy going on and, and so many different factors and i think it's unrealistic to think that we can go in there and win but like any BYU fan, I want to see it be competitive. Let's let's beat the spread. Let's you know make this a, a game that 
at least goes down to the fourth quarter and something we can cheer on and, and, and have fun with. So we'll see. Dennis, I think it's a weird situation because BYU's one and five. They're a 24-point dog. They're probably going to be one and six. Uh, yet, we're looking at quarterback, and we're still figuring out who's the guy. So what do you think that situation is like this week for BYU? Because the likelihood of Tanner Mangum having success and showing improvement is small, right, against Mississippi State. Yet, kind of fans want to see what Joe Critchlow can do. But to me, this isn't the game for that. That's next week against East Carolina. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think you'd be doing Joe Critchlow a disservice to throw him in there in, against Mississippi State this week. Listen, I don't think, you know, the expectations should be very high for this game like we just mentioned. And so even if it's not going well offensively, I think you have to let Tanner stay in there and kind of ride through some of that because you have to realize this is not a very winnable game at this point. And so it's got to be really, really bad on Tanner's part to turn to Joe Critchlow, but I just think it'd be a tough situation to throw him into, like you mentioned, and you kind of got to wait till the following week, till uh, an easier opponent, maybe at home, to where you can th- throw him in and really see what he's made of, because he's not going to you know, be able to do what he's capable of doing in a game like this. Dennis, I have defined improvement for BYU, hypothetically, in three different categories. I want you to tell me if these are realistic or unrealistic, okay? Real or fake news? Yeah, essentially. Okay. <laughs> Number one, BYU turns the ball over one time or less. Real or fake? Um, I think it's a good goal. I think it's fake. I don't think <laughs> that's realistic. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to see more turnovers than that, but that's just my opinion. Go ahead. Okay. Number two, 300 yards of total offense for BYU. <laughs> That's really fake. He's <laughs> <laughs> averaging two fifty four. Oh man! Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think three hundred plus yards is a lot to ask for when we haven't even done that very much against some lesser opponents. So. Okay. Okay. Number three, BYU is within ten points going into the fourth quarter. Now, I will say that's real. I think that's what we all want to see. And that's listen. You talk about Mississippi State, and we're we're making them out to be world beaters, like they're the best team in the country. They're not. They just got blown out the last two weeks by, you know, Georgia and Auburn, and those are good teams in their own right. But Mississippi State is not Alabama. We need to understand that. This game can be competitive. We have to limit turnovers. We have to be able to force turnovers. And if you can kind of get that kind of a game where it's not all that pretty, you can stay in it. You can be within 10. I mean, that's realistic for sure. It's the transitive property is what scares everybody, I think. One, it's like, oh, SEC, Mississippi State. There was a close game at home with Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill. Now we don't have those guys. But it's the transitive property of a 30-point win versus LSU that is, I think, uh, the thing that kind of gets us a little bit. What do you think that has to do with it? Well, yeah, you saw this Mississippi State team blow out LSU, um, but you also saw Troy beat LSU, and – you know, it's just that's college football. I don't think you can stack one win against a team versus another. That's just not realistic in football. Um, this is an average SEC team, in my opinion. And yes, they're more talented and better than us. But let's not act like, you know, there's no way we can win. I don't think we'll win, sadly. But there's always a chance. You know, you get a couple turnovers, you win that turnover margin, and anything can happen. But. You know, you have to be able to run the ball, which I think will be a struggle because, you know, they're going to be stout up front. But 
if, if we're able to do that and, and muddy it up a little bit, I think we'll be okay. What gives you hope that there is a chance? Very little, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, this is, this is a team that they, they do have a good quarterback, and I, I really like what he's been able to do. He's, he's mobile. He makes plays. That's going to be our biggest challenge. If we can kind of slow him down, get him to – he's thrown two interceptions over the last two weeks, and so – or really four over – two in each game. And so if you can get him to turn the ball over a little bit and, and not turn over yourself – I mean, that turnovers makes such a difference in the game. Good teams get beaten when they have turnovers. And so, you know, anything can happen. Any given Saturday, right? We should make a movie with that name. <laughs> Wait, what? They should. They what? should. Okay, so the expectations are just – like all time low for the BYU offense. It's just like a crazy time right now. Like we we haven't seen the likes of this maybe ever. Defensively, BYU's not turning over. Whatever. What would so BYU comes out and plays this you know really good competitive game? What happens to make that happen? What would surprise you if like BYU comes out and does X Y Z? What would surprise you Saturday? Well, I think I'd be surprised if we move the ball consistently on offense for sure. We haven't seen that all year. That would be surprising. I think it'd be surprising if we were able to establish a run game against Mississippi State. You know, like I mentioned, they're going to be good up front. I also think it'd be surprising if we got a ton of pressure on the quarterback. And I think that's going to be critical if we want to keep this competitive. We can't allow him to stand back there, move around, and get outside the pocket, and make plays with his arm and his legs. Um, so I, I'd be surprised if we were able to put a lot of pressure, establish the running game, do, do those kind of things that are that constitutes winning football, and you know the game would be competitive. So I don't expect that, but I'd certainly be pleasantly surprised if I saw it. Yeah, I think that's fair. When Mississippi State has only surrendered three sacks all season because they have a mobile quarterback right behind a huge offensive line. Dennis, great stuff, man. We uh, we appreciate the time. We hope that your budding broadcast career is going uh, swimmingly. And uh, I know Jerem's sweating just a little bit more, man. I am not. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, if you guys don't figure your stuff out, we're sitting at one and five. I mean, I'm going to have to come revamp that thing sooner than I thought. Taysom Hill's gone and poof, suddenly, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> tough here. We'll Jeez. take a good long look in the mirror tonight, Dennis. We'll, we'll figure it out in Studio B. Please do. Please do. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Dennis Pitt on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Now, wait a minute. The season that we line up Dennis to be a regular guest, BYU's 1-5, he's pointing fingers at us? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. Hey, coming up, 71% of the earth is covered by water. The other 29% covered by Mary Lake. She'll be in studio. BYU defensive end Sione Takitaki on why he is still so optimistic despite the 1-5 start. Dennis. Welcome back, my friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Subscribe to the BYU Sports Nation podcast and listen however and whenever you feel like it. And whatever. Women's Soccer plays uh, Pacific tonight, by the way, in Stockton. 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. The ladies have turned it around. They've scored 15 goals the last six games. They're on fire. Yeah, let's go. Keep it rolling. West Coast Conference is wide open, and it's a good thing because this is the year for BYU women's soccer to benefit from that. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Football in the final day of Provo preparation for Saturday morning's game at Mississippi State. Radio pregame coverage starts at 10 Eastern, 
8 a.m. Mountain on BYU Radio. And BYU TV's countdown to kickoff begins at 11 a.m. Number seven, women's volleyball plays 13-5 and five Portland tonight in Provo at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. So we got volleyball on BYU TV, BYU soccer on BYU Radio. Libero Mary Lake will join us in the next segment. Very good. Kendra Dalton received medalist honors. That sounds so professional. Medalist honors. Taking first place at the Edine Elan... Uh, Elandfolt Invitational with a score of four under par. BYU finished the tournament in third place. A lot going on tonight, as mentioned. Volleyball on BYU TV, soccer on BYU Radio. Yeah, Let's go absolutely. Let's it's go. it's a ball night, as you like. It to is say. a ball night, Tony Reale. Sione Taki Taki, despite the one in five start, feels like BYU still has an opportunity to do some good things. And you know what? The defensive line needs his optimism, especially going into the Mississippi State game. When the Bulldogs, as we mentioned with Dennis Pitta, have only surrendered three quarterback sacks. Why does he feel like this BYU team can have success in a very, very tough situation? Here's two-on-one BYU football all-access with Sione Takitaki. Sione, nobody expects a one-in-five start, but here you are, and it's on to the next one, focusing on Mississippi State. Where are you emotionally as a player and one of the leaders of this BYU defense? Um, my spirit's all in it. Uh, you know, we started off slow, one and five. No one wants to be there. You know, it kind of sucks to be in the position, but we're here at practice and we're giving it all. all. You know, I'm still, uh, my spirit's way high. You know, I'm happy to be playing and playing a good team, Mississippi State, this week. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm, I'm really happy. You guys met Saturday. What did you get done Saturday uh, with a little extra prep going into next week? Yeah, so right after the game that morning, we come in and uh, we got a lift, squats. I guess uh, that's a new thing, but it actually works, you know. At first, I'm like, oh, dang, you know, I'm really sore. And then uh, Saturday morning, we're, we're squatting and we're running. So uh, now I'm, I'm all fresh. My body's not hurting, and I'm ready to go. That's what we've been missing. Squats and running. Missing. After the game. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, you guys should try it. It works. Yeah, we need yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Sione, uh, on film, I, I know it's early in the week, but what have you noticed about Mississippi State and their quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, um, that uh, will create the, a serious challenge for the BYU defense? No, yeah, he's, he's a tremendous player. Um, yeah, watching film on him, he can run the ball and uh, – those little slants will get you because they do the read option. So you really got to be prepared and, and uh, really tamper down how you play so you can uh, kind of tame him in, you know what I mean, so he's not running all over us. But, yeah, he's, he's a dual threat. He can throw the ball and he can, and he can run. So we got to be really prepared for it. Mississippi State's one of the best teams in the country at preventing sacks. So how do you guys get into the backfield this game? Um, we're just going to be a, doing a bunch of things that we usually do, um, you know, running stunts, little things like that, and uh, just getting after it. Um, mismatches with uh, Fred and them and coming down. So it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be really fun. Are you comfortable as a defensive lineman at this point? Because it's kind of this hybrid position where you look like a linebacker, but you're on the line every play. Are you comfortable at this point? Yeah, it, it took me some time to get comfortable. But I'm, I feel like now I'm getting used to it, um, being down there on the line all the time. But but it's fun. You know, I like it. And uh, playing linebacker and DN, but it, it's fun. I like it. Do you ever sit there and look at uh, a massive offensive tackle and go, okay, here we go. I'm going to have to use my speed on this one. No, yeah, yeah. Every week when I'm watching film, you know, I know, you know, I kind of go through their lineup and uh, size and weight. So 
just uh, be aware of what I'm going against. But yeah, some big boys. Sometimes I gotta, you know, use my strength, and then sometimes I gotta use my speed. But it, it's pretty fun. What's the dialogue like in the locker room between the guys, given the difficult start to the season and, and what's happening right now? What What are those conversations like right now? Um, everyone's just still motivating, you know. Everyone's still going into this week like, hey, we got to get a win. We got to, you know, do our job, come out to practice, uh, be vocal out there. You know, we can't just be slouched down. It can't be a quiet practice, you know. So little things like that. We just got to keep everyone motivated, keep everything going. And, um, yeah, still a lot of football to play, so we're, we're excited for that. On Monday, Lim talked about little changes at practice, even in – how clean the locker room is and how much you sprint from drill to drill. Have there been changes within practice in that way on and off the field? I guess? No, yeah. When uh, They kind of told us that, and um, today I felt like it was a, a big switch, you know, just with practice overall, with going out there, guys being vocal, you know, all the captains, Fred and them, and, um, and uh, yeah, I felt like we were running to the ball, things like that, you know, even if the ball's all the way on that side of the field, you know, that corner on the opposite field needs to run. So little things like that, you know, get all – Get everybody ready for the game, still motivated, and, and uh, yeah, to be physically ready, too. Who has the cleanest locker room on the team? <laughs> um, I would have to say it would probably be Tijon or uh, our quarterback, Will Stair. I, feel just, I think there's guys that have a lot of clean lockers, but they're just kind of by me, so I see their lockers Okay, so you day. see Cody and so Tijon. Like, okay, yeah, so I'm like, oh. How Need clean locker. is your locker, Sione? I say my locker is clean. Um, <laughs> sometimes after practice it can be a little, little, you know, rough, but you know, I clean things up before I go to class. So Spencer's Spencer's desk is very organized. So he's got some magazines. They're all like spread evenly, right? Uh-huh. Sometimes I'll move them just to mess with them. Yeah. Can you do that with Cody or Tijon? <laughs> yeah, Tijon, his is actually really. He'll notice that it's like things are moved. And if you throw his shoes around, he'll notice. But, yeah, I think I'll do that. You know, I knew he was my funny. kindred spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a little funny, but, yeah. What kind of opportunity does this team have moving forward? I mean, there are still, what, seven games left in the season? What, what kind of opportunity did you see for BYU football? I, I think that BYU football is going to go somewhere really great, you know, like for the future, you know. I know we're starting off rough, but even this year, you know, we still have a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of great players on this on this team, and, you know, we're just getting used to things. And, um, man, it's, BYU football is going to be in a really great place, and I can tell you that with, with these coaches and everybody coming in. But uh, it's some time now, and people are looking, oh, it's 1-5, it's not looking too great. But, you know, I'll tell you guys, give it some time. BYU will be in a really, really great spot, and people will love it. But To some degree – takeaways are forced but others are given from the offense like how much can the defense actually force takeaways um yeah that we actually can do it every play if we if, if we uh have the ability to do it you know little things like you know the linebackers getting picks or the d linemen going in there and stripping the ball that just uh comes with we with, with working hard you know every day and giving it it all but um yeah I, I feel like you know we can give more turnovers and yeah that's really all Adversity stinks. There's no way around it. It's not fun. It's Nobody signs up to, to go through this. How do you feel like it's making you and this team better, as hard as it is? I feel like it's uh, there's a lot of guys here on the team that are young, so for them to go to have it you know, at an early stage, I feel like it's good for them. You know, Now they know how it feels to lose and uh, going forward with them. And, and even us, you know, we have you know, lost a few games uh, in the last past years, but I feel like it's a good thing you know, just to, to kind of – 
see where your mentality is at and see where you're really going to come to practice today. You know, even though we're one and five, Monday you better bring it. So things like that. It's good for these young guys to see it. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good moving on. Yeah. I'll tell you that, yeah. Let's get you in front of the young guys, Sione. Yeah. 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 Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma absolutely. to get in that backfield this Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're, we're excited. And, yeah, I need to do a better job getting back there and little things like that. But we're excited. We're excited. Sione. Taki Taki, two-on-one BYU football, all access. Now, I really appreciated his candor, and I appreciated his attitude, given everything that's happened. And if you forget, he had to sit out last year. I mean, he really is happy he didn't play playing against football. State. Yeah, this is his first go at the Bulldogs. Yeah, and it's going to be a tremendous challenge coming up uh, Saturday in Starkville. Coming up, one of the greatest exports from Palm Springs, California, joins us in studio next. Yes, BYU Volleyball's Mary Lake, as a matter of fact. Her team ranks seventh in the nation. Yeah. But where is she ranked among all college liberos? She's number one in our heart. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Tonight on the BYU Radio, women's soccer plays at Pacific. Hashtag lock your doors. 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio. (laughs) Am I wrong? No. Okay. We would like to introduce our next guest with a later edition of the Stat of the Day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU women's volleyball libero Mary Lake ranks sixth on the, hey Dennis Pitta, on the flow volleyball top liberos in the NCAA. Top six, that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't like it. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like no, it from I that did. part. The body don't... language would suggest you think you should be that's higher on that list, Mary. No, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not what I was saying. I just didn't even. Is that cool? Do you care? You don't care? You know, it's just a poll, and they're sometimes right, and they're sometimes not. So, I don't really. It's a very political answer. Was that a good answer? Yes. That was a good answer. I didn't pay attention. Would you say six? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Pride of Palm Springs, California. Mary Lake. Is the weather better in Palm Springs in October or in Provo? Right now, Provo's perfect. Okay. I like perfect. to think the side of Provo because I support Provo in all things, and I love Provo. <laughs> Okay, this morning I tweeted, uh, you know, coming up on BYU Sports Nation, I said, my BFF, Dennis Pitta, to which you responded, quote, why am I not under this BFF category with five question marks and an exclamation <laughs> point? You, you know that we're BFFs and that Dennis needed that. You realize yeah, that, right? Like, I, I just wanted you to see the confusion with all the yes. question marks. Yes. And realize that you made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, and full disclosure, two of your relatives were roommates with my wife in college. So we go way back. Okay, that's true. I think we're past BFF then. We're like, like basically family. We're basically, yeah, we're basically family. We're like cousins or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You didn't need to be in that list because yeah. you're family. That's true. Do you, like, do you do you have to say out loud that one of your family members is your friend? It's just understood, right? Yeah. Okay. Or like, but some. I think it's more family because it's like sometimes you get along, sometimes you don't. So that's <laughs> when you're like cousinish. Yeah, that's our relationship. I feel like we get along. Like, Am I off okay. Yeah. 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 You're okay. like a good cousin. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This is weird. And if we play volleyball at a family reunion or something, I'm, I'm going to have Mary on my team. I'm okay. that right now. Well, listen, she's a big part of why BYU Volleyball is 17-1 and one right now. 17-1. and one. What did you expect, like in your mind, 18 matches in, what did you expect at this point of the season? Um, well, definitely we've been playing well, and even if we – 
have kind of a worse game, I think it's good to know that we can fight through those challenging times and that record shows that. But I, whenever you tell me these things, I'm like, oh, we're 17-1. Like, I don't even think about it. Oh, I'm record. number six? Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. because it's just, like, we definitely, we had a loss in the beginning of the season, and that helped us. I think that was good because it kind of gave us a call to action and showed us areas that we needed to improve. And so, I don't know, it's just the next game. And Portland, that's what I'm thinking now You about. talk about grinding through these sometimes weird league matches. Take you back to at St. Mary's. BYU's up 19-10 to 10 in the first set. You lose that set. You lose the second set. You have to win the next three to beat a scrappy St. Mary's team, and you do that. What does a match do like that, or what does a match like that do for this BYU team? Um, I think it definitely did two things. I think it boosted our confidence in the sense that we knew that even if our technical skills weren't there because they definitely weren't their best, that we could kind of come together as a team and support one another and still come out with a win. But I think it also showed us that we can't let a team take two in the beginning and just expect to win the next three. We need to like take care of business, especially if we're up 19 to 10. And I think St. Mary started playing better in those beginning sets, and we weren't really ready for that. So it just everything's learning experience. So I think we learned a lot about what we need to do. You got the time. target on your back more so now. Yeah, now more than ever. Right? And, and you're number seven. Uh, you're 17 and one. Yet the last several years, even before you got here, when you were being recruited, this this is a program that continues to be chameleon-like in that you guys evolve to the what, what you need to do. We've talked about, hey, you lost uh, Amy Boswell and, uh, you know, Whitney Howard and Yet you guys have still been really good. What's it been like to be like, you know what, we're going to be good. It doesn't matter who's gone, who's in, who's out. You guys have been good. What's that been like? Um, it definitely shows a lot to our program and how seriously we take volleyball and our preparation. And I don't think people realize how much like time the coaches or the players put into like preparation. And the coaches are awesome. At, when they see a weakness, they like tell it how it is, and then we work on getting better at it. And so it is nice to be – in a program where you can rely on things to be consistent every game or every year, just how we prepare and how ready we are to play. Let me share a story. So I went to the match at San Francisco. My family, we were there. Boom, BYU's there. We go to the San Francisco match. After the match, what were you holding, Mary? Do you remember? I said, why are you carrying that? You don't oh, remember? Oh, water bottles. She was holding water bottles. <laughs> I said, you're the starting libero. Why does the freshman hold this? Do you remember what you told me? You don't remember anything about no, this? No, I, I... You said, no, 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 that's not how it is on our team. Our culture is good, right? That told me a lot about BYU Volleyball, that the starting libero still would hold the water bottles. It could have been the third string libero. Instead, the starting libero was holding it. I, I think that says a lot about what you're saying, which is, you know, we're all in. We're all a team. There's no caste system with this mm-hmm. group and whatnot. And now you play Portland tonight. Who's, who's better than they have been? 13-5 and five team, what do, you, what do you think of the matchup tonight against Portland? I think it's going to be a good game. You know, Portland's a really good team, and they do some things that we're going to have to adjust to and that we've talked about, but it's always a good game. Last year, they played us really well. We dropped a match to them, but and so I think that will give us some fuel for this game that we want to do better. Okay, so uh, emphasis on getting to win number 18 tonight. You wear number 18. Why number 18, Mary? Okay, so if you see any of my, I don't want to talk about this, but my social media has a long list of numbers. And it's my favorite numbers. <laughs> and it's 18, 11, 24. When I was little, I played, I was number eight. And then in high school, I was number 11. And so I just thought 18 was a good mixture of them, starting new. And I love the number. So 
18. I love it. Uh, 4.45 digs per set. D- did you have a goal of a certain amount of digs per set or anything, or it's just whatever happens in a set? Just whatever happens. Yeah. I don't really even realize how many, what my numbers are until after the game, but you just play to play and then whatever happens. Okay. I, I worry about the number of bruises on your legs <laughs> and on your arms <laughs> and too. elbows, Mary, because it's long sleeve, luckily. It's a little ridiculous. <laughs> how how are you feeling right now? Um, I think I've gotten used to it. My body's definitely <laughs> I have like days where it's like, stop. But I'm fine. It's good. It's on the job. Do you ever do you ever because you know how to dive efficiently, right? That's a volleyball skill, right? Yeah. Have you ever thought about using that in other walks of life? Like, like in your kitchen, <laughs> like you what? dive to save Oh, like something. to save time, yeah, like yeah. for cleaning, like yeah. mopping the floor. Like dive. Oh, I always do that. Ask any volleyball player. Yeah, we all do that. <laughs> yes. Somebody drops an actual pancake in the kitchen. You, you no! dive. Yeah, to dive get the pancake. That's where the name came from. It wasn't yeah. even a volleyball thing. Yeah. It was just like, get the pancake. Yeah, yeah. save pancakes. <laughs> what, what do you, when you're on the court, what do you hear? Like, do you zone out? Can you only hear the coaches? Do you hear select fans? What do you hear when you're on the court? You're looking at me like, um, never well, I've never that. thought about that. Yeah, That's a good question. Good, good job. Thank you. Um, I think, well, during timeouts, you hear the mass crowd. Well, you're listening to your coaches, and then after you're like, oh, I'm actually playing volleyball in front of all these people. But during the play, I just hear a lot of my teammates and what the coaches are telling me, obviously. I listen to that. But you, when you're playing volleyball and are really invested in a game, it's cool how everything kind of becomes nothing else except for, like, your team and the ball. It's a twilight zone, man. <laughs> clear the mechanism to take a line clear from Kevin Costner and for love of the game. Yes, clear the mechanism, focus in on the game. Mary, it's great to have you. Would you like some BYU Sports Nation karma? Yeah. Because, I good, even if you don't, you're going to get it. Okay. <laughs> you're going to go and play well. Have it now. <laughs> great match. <laughs> Thank you for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Seventy-one percent of the earth covered by water. She 20, loves this joke. Twenty-nine percent. The other twenty percent covered by Mary Lake. <laughs> <laughs> she loves the dual thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, really walking out like I'm never, never heard going, that one. Never going back again. Wearing? When is this? She doesn't even have a watch on. When is this over? <laughs> hey, coming up. Why does the women's soccer team need to keep their wallets in their front pockets tonight? Stop. Wait, they're actually playing at home, aren't they? Come on, man. They're at home. I've been saying they're on the road. Yeah, they're at home. They're in <laughs> I've Provo, been saying they're, they're on the road. Pacific. Why didn't anyone correct me? Plus, a first place finish for Cougar on the links. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't correct me. Come on. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Dennis Pitta, I guess, and Sione Takitaki. <laughs> And Mary Lake, who was fantastic. If you missed any of today's show, download it on iTunes or Google Play Podcast, always available. Coming up tomorrow, Super Bowl champ Brian Billick on game day eve. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Two days away from BYU and Mississippi State in Starkville. Radio pregame coverage, 10 Eastern time on BYU Radio Saturday. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff begins at 11 a.m. sharp. Volleyball. Seventh-ranked BYU women's volleyball hosting the 13-5 Portland Pilots tonight in Provo, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Soccer. I've been saying BYU's at Pacific. It's not true. They're home. home, It's a home game at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. BYU's won 3 of 4, scored 11 goals during that four-game span. Golf. You should still protect your wallets. (laughs) Yes. Well, no, nothing against Pacific. The city. Kendra Dalton received medalist honors, taking first place at the Edeen Elanfeldt Invitational 
With a score of four under par, BYU finished the tournament as a team in third place. 21st-ranked men's golf finished in fourth place in the Jerry Pate Intercollegiate. Patrick Fishburne tied for ninth at three under par. Tennis. The women's team continuing competition at the ITA Regionals in Salt Lake City. Samantha Smith, one of four Cougars to win a first-round match. Smith also teamed up with Paulina Malik to win a doubles match. Swimming and diving. Women's swimmer Kelly Hatanaka and men's diver Nathan Gonzalez earned female and male MPSF slash TYR Athletes of the Week honor. Hatanaka placed second in the 400 IM, 200 IM, and 200 backstroke at the Intermountain Shootout last week. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Mr. Mary Lake, she's killing it, man. She's even better than she was last year. Yeah, she uh, literally is killing it now and again as the libero for BYU. I think she, she does, yeah, does she have some kills? Doesn't she have one or two? I'm looking right now. <laughs> she has zero kills. Oh, I thought she had well, she had one or two last year. She though. has six attempts. So she I at some point you gotta pull her. It's just not working. <laughs> it's just not working. And the thing about the bruises all over her legs and arms, like it's she sacrifices her body so much on the floor. She's got to dive, man, all over the place. She might as well be on the swim and dive team. Jeez, it's crazy. Win or lose, how would you define improvement for BYU football against Mississippi State this weekend? At Red HDQT says, offense on the field more than the defense. That would be time of possession. Let's go. BYU hasn't won that one time against an FBS opponent. Ugh. That's too much for me. That's, I, I don't see I that happening. I think that's happening. too much to ask this week against no, Mississippi State. I don't State. see it happening. Our elite tweet of the day from at Kiwi Jackman. Shock them. Shock them good. Okay, Nephi. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag DYUSN. Shows on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Ron Wakely. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. It's almost like Ron Weasley. Hey, are you going to the soccer match or the volleyball match? I don't know, but coming up, BYU football with Kalani Stake, re in case you missed it. Let's go!